The myths of selling to the government. If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to the government, you're doing it wrong. Rick Wimberly and Lauren Bristow have been selling and marketing to the government for years. Quite successfully, thank you. They're authors of Seven Myths of Selling to Government, available on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions, a consultancy helping companies sell to the government. Now, here's Rick. Hi. In episode one, we promised to talk about some of the myths about selling to government and said we would share some of the secrets. Here's a good one. Lots of folks believe that RFPs, or bids, requests for proposals, whatever, drive government business. It's simply a myth. Business owners hear about people getting rich selling to the government. They hear about the huge amounts of money the government is spending. They want in on the action. And they think the main thing they need to do is respond to some bids. Even experienced government business bosses think responding to RFPs is how they're making money. They're wrong. We work with a client who, for more than 30 years, earned an impressive record of winning RFPs. Their win rate is well over 80%. We didn't believe it when we first heard it either. Meantime, we know another company with a win rate of less than 10%. Both bid on $100,000-plus contracts. Both have strong credentials and impressive stories to tell. Both are priced competitively. Here's where they're different. The winning company will not submit a response to an RFP unless they have an established relationship. The losing company will bid on virtually any opportunity where they could possibly meet the specifications, prior relationship or not. Imagine the difference in efficiency and effectiveness. Enormous amounts of time and energy are expended in the RFP-oriented company, the 10%er. Lead generation, relationship building, and product development suffer because everyone is too busy. After all, there's an RFP deadline approaching. In the less RFP-oriented company, the 80%er, Emphasis is placed on understanding needs early on, establishing strong value propositions, proving themselves at every turn. And this is a big one, gracefully walking away when they can't help or can't win. And here's the deal. The 80%er is growing. The 10%er is not. It's even shrinking. Too much emphasis on responding to bids is downright passive-aggressive. They passively wait for an RFP to be issued. Then they aggressively invest attention and actions of lots of people to figure out how to spend the company's response. Okay, that's not really what passive-aggressive means, but you get it. Don't misunderstand. Responding to RFPs is certainly a requirement for playing in the government space, and doing it effectively is both an art and a science. You won't be able to eliminate RFP responses completely. However, if the bulk of your opportunity strategy is built around uncovering and responding to RFPs, yours is going to be a rough ride. You see, by the time a bid is published, specifications are set in stone. You're probably already too late to the party. The government won't admit it, but often preferences for a certain vendor have already been established. Heck, that vendor may have helped write the specs which is quite legal, by the way. Plus, by the time it gets to bid, all of your competitors have the same information at the same time as you do. 
Even if you manage to ask a question, it's likely your question and the answers will be provided to your competition. Not the ideal situation. Nope, our real goal is to get in front of prospects before specifications are developed so we can have an impact on the requirements before they're locked in. And no, we're not talking about bid rigging or exercising undue influence. Far from it. So you're probably wondering, how do you get in the door before the RFP is issued? Well, it's all about relationship building. And yes, you can do that in the government. We're going to show you how in a moment. Selling to government is not easy. But man, can it be lucrative. The folks at Government Selling Solutions have had lots of success selling to government. They've figured out what really works and what doesn't. They like to help, so they offer sales training, capture team coaching, strategic and tactical planning assistance, and mentoring. Contact Government Selling Solutions, govselling.com. Getting government sold. When we talk about relationships in the government space, we're not talking about making buddies and BFFs, and you're probably not going to name your kids after them. We're talking more about relationships that genuinely serve the mutual needs of everyone involved. They don't have to be especially friendly relationships, but they do need to be ones where a foundation of trust has been forged and a structure of reliance and competence has been built. Isn't that true of selling to anyone, you ask? Yeah, you're right, to some degree. But it's more acute in government sales. People in a position to buy something for the government are not risk-takers. In the first place, they generally take very seriously their duty to spend tax money wisely. Those who don't do so won't be in a position to buy for very long. They may not lose their jobs. They may not be demoted. They may not even know that they've lost their clout. But lose it, they will. People in government generally know that their decisions will be closely watched by lots of people. Hey, I'm on the local school board and talk about being watched. In some cases, buying decisions can cost votes, or worse, put people's lives and property in jeopardy. Government buyers, and when we say buyers, we don't just mean the people who have buyer in their title. We mean anyone involved in the process. Well, they know that if they make a mistake, it will not be a quiet mistake. People will know, and they know their mistakes will stick even if they do well later. Since government moves at a slower pace than the private sector, when a mistake is made, it takes longer for people to forget about it. Because of this, it only makes sense that folks in the government want to do business with people and companies they trust. And that trust only comes through positive relationships, sometimes made over years and other times made pretty fast. Now, what we're about to discuss is information from some pretty heavy-duty research on how business relationships are formed. Much of the information here stems from work conducted by Robert Morgan and Shelby Hunt in the area of relationship commitment. While research details can get pretty hairy when delving into psychological processes such as this, we're going to simplify the findings to provide realistic and practical advice on building relationships and trust, particularly in the government space. The first question you may ask, what exactly do we mean by relationship commitment? 
The definition Morgan and Hunt offer is a pretty good one. Relationship commitment. An exchange partner believing that an ongoing relationship with another is so important as to warrant maximum efforts at maintaining it. That is, the committed party believes the relationship is worth working on to ensure that it endures indefinitely. Well, that sounds about right to us. After all, our ultimate goal should be to create lasting relationships. Relationships so valuable that they will spend their own energy to sustain it. A few years ago, a large, prestigious customer from a law enforcement agency visited us and the company we were representing outside Nashville. We paraded him in front of, let's call him Mr. K, the CEO. We just knew this customer, whom we had fought real hard to get, would sing our praises and make us look good. So we put him in a conference room with all of the company's senior management, ready to strut our stuff. It went well for a while. Then this customer said, Mr. K, your company has let me down. We were shocked and frankly a bit annoyed. We wondered what in the heck did we do wrong, besides parading him in front of all the muckety-mucks. Mr. K was set back a bit too. Then the customer started lecturing Mr. K. We squirmed. He told Mr. K, I invest a lot of time and effort into building a relationship with a vendor, and I don't let many penetrate our walls. I'm very selective, and your company is one of the ones I handpicked. Well, our sly effort to distract the group didn't seem to work, so the customer continued, Here's where you have let me down. You've not come back to sell me anything else. Now here's where Mr. K started squirming. He knew we had been pushing him for more product to sell. Our customer and other people of influence in the government have a lot on their plates. Forget about all the stories you hear of government people constantly goofing off on the job. Yeah, government has some hacks, like I bet your business does. But in government, at least, it's not the goof-offs you're selling. Goof-offs don't find themselves in a position to buy or to recommend buying. Their bosses and colleagues make sure they don't. Besides, it's as difficult, if not more so, to buy something in the government as it is to sell something to the government. Lazy government workers just don't want the hassle. The people you want to influence are movers and shakers. They're the ones with power, the ones like our visiting customer, and they place high value on trust and relationships. Government customers with clout will actually help you sell them. If they trust you and value the relationship, they'll be your coaches. They'll let you know what they want and why. They'll guide you through the maze you're going to face. They won't let those pesky lower-priced competitors come between the two of you, even when pricing must be particularly competitive. Customers like these will keep buying from you over and over. Since they take their responsibilities seriously, they'd be reckless not doing so. This is important. Remember the nature of these folks and work to build relationships with them. How do you do that? You might be surprised. We'll take a look in the next episode. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold.